Hello and welcome to episode six of the Selling North Georgia podcast. I'm Corey Shields. I'm Michael Williams. And today we are here with Mr. Dustin Coker, the owner of the Native Kitchen. Yes, Dustin, sir. thanks for uh, being here with us today. Nope. Actually, I should say thanks for hosting us today because we have changed it up. We are, we are on location. On location. We're moving up. Yes. We're a very big deal. We're in the hospitality business, so we're glad to have you. Let's kick things off. Uh, let's kind of go back. Well, I don't know what your uh, journey has been like so far. So uh, entrepreneurship for you, you know, you own the Native Kitchen. Where does that journey start for you? I don't know if it runs in my blood or I've, I've been conditioned to, to and wired to think that way, but both of my parents established their own businesses, uh, even multiple businesses at times. So, yeah, I guess I, I come by it honest. Uh, but, uh, so I work with my family in the carpet business. My father, uh, as well as his father, uh, originally had a, a carpet manufacturing business here in Dalton. Imagine that. Yeah, we made, we made carpet for hotels and we were in business for almost 40 years before 2015, my father sold that business. And so from there, it was a, a fresh start in life. I kind of felt like I was a teenager, you know, graduating high school and figuring out all over again what I wanted to do in my life. Always kind of had a, a vision for creating a restaurant type establishment, maybe a coffee shop environment that would be a, a hub for community. You mentioned community a couple times. So we are sitting in the mill, which is a community of like restaurants and, and what Corey and I have called earlier today, Dalton's best kept secret. Like it's amazing to me that there's not a line out the door every single time I come by. Um, so tell us a little bit about the mill and like what it is and like where you are and, and all that. Yeah, the mill is a, is, is a part of a whole complex that was old cotton factory. The southern half of, of the complex was renovated 15, 20 years ago by by Lowell Kirkman, who has family connections to the property. They come into possession of it, and, and Mr. Kirkman is an architect and developer by, by trade, and he's been doing that for a long time, has many other significant projects around the community. And so they, they took it personal and wanted to uh, rehab the, the property and done that initially and developed the other half of the building into uh, condo loft apartments but had sold that, I believe, years ago. They still own and retain possession of this half of the building, but just, you know, it's just sitting over here, growing weeds and collecting dust and you know, a big storage building. Eventually, there was some, uh, a couple of uh, people, I, I believe Barbara Adders, Adamson and Harper Carnes, they were putting on some uh, kind of boot, warehouse boutique pop-up uh, markets on in here because it was a cool vibe and, and, and so through that they began to develop a vision and, and of course there are places like what this now is in, in, in bigger cities where they've taken and renovated old industrial buildings so they, they knew that there's there's that potential but Dalton is a different market a different place and, and so that it was much more risky but uh, they committed themselves to the project and I just have to applaud them for that and, and we just happened to hear about it early on and considered the place initially my wife was looking at maybe uh, doing a yoga studio or oh, something okay. like a personal fitness related so we looked into the place at that point and I, I, I love the place and at, 
this met us during this time are really considering, okay, what's next for us? What direction might we want to go? And they, they were wanting to put some restaurants and some different things in here. So initially it was just a, we had the idea for like a coffee shop. That's kind of how we ended up considering the meal ourselves. I guess as far as deciding to, uh, to go into the restaurant business was, was motivated by the perceived lack of options, basically. Not to say there's not some decent options around town, but I've always been someone that was more health conscious and, and intentional about what I ate what my diet consisted of. Then my wife as well was was that way to a degree, but then was going through some health challenges and, and through that wanted to take a more natural approach. Uh, we also knew some other people who had values along these lines. And, uh, but for her, it really, you know, she wanted to, and, and some through consulting with some, some doctors and healthcare providers, wanted to take that natural approach, wanted to cleanse her body of, of toxins and things that might be contributing to the, to the problems she was having. So, you know, that really shifted us personally to, to, to value those things even more. Uh, but it just highlighted the difficulty that anybody who has that kind of interest would have probably in many communities, not just this one, just a lack of options of, of healthier, uh, convenient food. I mean, you can go in the grocery store and that's what we would do. I'd, I'd, I'd be hungry like, like anybody else at lunchtime and I'd drive up and down the roads and I'd think, all right, I'm just, I'm so hungry, I'm just going to sacrifice and eat at one of these commercial kind of franchise chain, type places, yeah, yeah. chain restaurants, McDonald's, mm. and, and then I'd, I'd go up and down like, no, nah, I can't do it, and I'd pull in Kroger and I'd go and just grab an armful of things I could eat pretty quickly. And that seemed absurd to me that I'd have to do that, knowing that too, I, I couldn't be the only one. So eventually it was kind of like, well, if nobody else is going to do it, then the situation is not going to change. Right. And, and surely there's opportunity. So, but what does that look like? And how do you, how do you create you know, something that, that doesn't exist? And there's not really a lot of great models for it. And will it be successful? You know, in a, a smaller town, we are used to eating a certain way here in the community. But, you know, from the beginning, that was an important value, making healthier food, available, more convenient. Yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, the being more health conscious, having a healthier menu. Uh, but for our audience, somebody who's never been here before and never even heard of it, uh, how would you describe both the menu and just the general atmosphere? Yeah, I mean, I would say you, you really got to come and, and, and be here in the meal as, as, as a whole, as well as coming in, into Native to appreciate and experience what an atmosphere it is. And it is a mix of the industrial Kind of the rustic vibe of the, the exposed brick and, and, and concrete floors and, and those are the main features i mean we we didn't have to do a lot to make the place awesome would you say maybe the the mill itself kind of influenced native specifically you think yeah yeah to a degree especially in terms of the the the, the aesthetics and the, and the physical though I, I would hope to incorporate i mean you know this this vibes with me as well but you can't uh, I know the viewer can't see the exposed brick, but you couldn't create that if you wanted to. So It's funny that the place is called Native Kitchen and there's so much native material here. Like you, you literally saved the, the floor, it's concrete floor, you got the awesome beam over there, you got the bricks. Like it, it has a native feel and you're a Dalton native. And so like, how'd you come up with the name? 
Well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's basically uh, a synonym for local. Uh, we wanted to incorporate this local character to the place, from the aesthetics to the menu to the personalities. Uh, we wanted it to be something that was uniquely Dalton, not, not to say that it, it couldn't be positioned to other places mm. easily, but we wanted it to be unique in that way, genuine, authentic experience in, the, in that way. And all of us who were involved early on in, in creating the place put our personalities in into, you know, kind of how it all developed, the character, uh, again, of the place, but of the mm -hmm. menu. Uh, the menu itself developed out of our, our values, our personal convictions around the importance of health and nutrition to a person's quality of life. It even can become a moral question. What, how, how we treat ourselves and our bodies uh, is important for you know our future and our well-being as well as what that means to our families and the people around us so you know it's an important uh, it's an important question that we ought to take seriously and unfortunately there's not a good a lot of, of good options out there we're so conditioned to eat a certain way uh, largely out of convenience or what we've always known so we wanted to appeal to that but it, but maybe elevate people's perceptions about what's possible, uh, both in the quality of food, the range of things, as well as some of the, uh, the other things. So we, we do offer a lot of allergy sensitive options or, you know, we have we, a number of our dishes start out vegetarian. So there's, there's options available for people who have those concerns and interests, whereas a lot of places don't cater to, to a person. Uh, so they're, they're very limited in, in their options. And so we found, and, and we initially didn't start with allergy sensitive emphasis as, as high of a priority as what has become part of our identity. Mm -hmm. uh, but in doing this, we encountered people, and so we do now every day, people who have uh, gluten allergies or uh, celiac disease or or other, um, you know, things around dairy and, and whatnot that they're so relieved, even excited, ecstatic to come to a place and have so many options that they're used to, you know, being very limited. Right. Uh, can't even go out to eat many times. So obviously that's a growing market, people that are more uh, conscious of, of their health, um, how they eat, and so we, that was important to us. We knew it was important to others. So that wasn't the risk so much as just wanting to operate a business around it is a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. Depend on you know having enough people coming in uh, every day to keep the lights on and food flowing. <laughs> so you mentioned we we often get in the habit of you know eating a certain way and just living a certain lifestyle, and um, you know Dalton is definitely I would say considered a more traditional uh, community for sure. Uh, how do you feel like the the community has responded to the Native Kitchen? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about our food specifically, our menu, then, I mean, it's very mixed. I'd even <laughs> say it could be quite polarizing at times with, with certain items on the menu. I think there are those people uh, who are not interested in eating here at all. And we realize that and accept that and they're whether they're just a meat and potatoes kind of person, though we have meat and potatoes. 
Dude, the hearty breakfast is amazing. Like that's, I get here at 8.59 and I'm like, please serve me up some hearty breakfast. Now it's a vegetarian dish, but you can have some chicken. Throw some bacon on it. I usually add the chicken. So, uh, but yeah, man, that that meal is awesome. We got we got house made chips, French fries, and the breakfast potatoes. <laughs> there we go. And, and uh, you know, uh, stewed potatoes. So we, we we have food really for everybody, but we realize that it's such a perception thing. One of the I consider it a mistake or a, a flaw in our strategy early on. We kind of overbranded ourselves with some of those words organic mm-hmm. gluten-free and though we we strive to include those things and, and we value those things personally i think it, it kind of pigeonholed us and stereotyped us too much and in and, and people's minds they they perceive that we i mean still to this day many people believe that we're a vegetarian restaurant uh and and we do offer many good great options for the vegetarians out there but it's we've never been a vegetarian person. <laughs> uh, but the perception matters and, and and of course we've been battling against that perception from the beginning but at the same time you know it's kind of like a double-edged sword you have those people out there who love us for those reasons and they're excited to come and check out the cashew cheese or <laughs> you know to have that wealth of, uh, of options before them and they're there are others who've never stepped foot in this place, though they may be good friends or family or whatever, because they don't think that there's anything for them. And so it's a challenge for sure, and and we have to we have to kind of wrestle with that daily, uh, because some of our food is is unique, uh, and I say even polarizing because it's it's love hate. We have our uh, our house bread that we make, our our bun that our all of our sandwiches are on, and people either love it or hate it. I mean, we, we have people tell us on a daily uh, that they love the bread. Tell me more about this bread. Can I buy Can I buy in bulk from you? And then uh, we pick up plates that have the, the guts of the sandwich <laughs> eaten out and the bread left on the plate. So, you know, it's it's something at this point that... Don't I don't know what just, to do with that. <laughs> it, it kind of amuses me. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of bittersweet, but you you realize you're dealing with people's personal choices and preferences there but as well as kind of a, a conditioning your, your palate can be conditioned by what you're familiar with and so these are new tastes and flavors that, that some people are just have never even tried before not that they're all that exotic but if, if perhaps you, you just grow up on a more you know limited diet then yeah, you're not interested in all the green stuff that that we might offer or just really it's not all that unique but we just use things in in different ways so we have you know we do a lot with sweet potatoes we do a lot with avocados we do a lot with potatoes but we just we our nachos are are made from uh, our our potato based house chips our vegetarian chili and a cashew cheese that we make so it's unlike any nachos that you've ever had anywhere but they're delicious yeah but it takes coming and experiencing it and and maybe finding those things that you like that to get people over that hump i'm so so having some cashew cheese (laughs) that's happening tonight it sounds like uh something i'm interested in we we've just accepted at this point that that's that's who we are and we're kind of polarizing or 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 have that effect on people uh we you know we realize there's it's kind of an interesting thing. I was having this conversation earlier. It kind of, oh, we, I, I realize that it, when you emphasize health 
in any way. It, it provokes people's insecurities maybe or their, con their subconscious. I think some people don't even want to come here because it, it makes them more aware of their health. I never thought about it. Maybe that. makes them, even though it's not our intention ever mm -hmm. to, to make somebody feel guilty, we, we would we would love. That's our intention is actually to show people that healthier food can taste good. It's not just salads. Doesn't have to be boring. It can be interesting and exciting. There there are alternative options to substitute for a lot of things that, that may be uh, less healthy. And we want to uh, show people how how to diversify, you know, their diet, and even walk alongside people to help them and, and, and be a source of education. But uh, still, nevertheless, unfortunately, some people, I think, they come in, they see all these options, these buzzwords, and they they feel guilty, maybe, or or, or just don't know what to do with themselves yeah. uh, in here, and, and so just kind of uh, go the other way for one reason or another. I've had people ask me when we're dealing with somebody from out of town, they're like, so where's the coolest place in Dalton to eat? And my answer is the native kitchen. Like, it is the coolest place in Dalton Eat, for sure. Like, it, I don't even know it's second coolest place. Like, it's that <laughs> far above in my mind. So, um, and we, we get that compliment, and that's a great compliment. And I, I, I'm very proud of that compliment because we, we've, we've tried to make it a cool destination. But, you know, I was making that point earlier, but if our food wasn't good, oh, yeah. what a disappointment that would yeah. be. You can't have this awesome vibe and bad food. Like, you gotta, you gotta make the food match it, right? But and then that comes back to, to the other question. It's like, well, some people hate our food, but at least uh, I've never taught anybody to hate your food. <laughs> everybody I've brought here, they had everybody I've brought here has been like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. So yeah, yeah. We, we, I believe that we have way more five star reviews than oh, for than sure lesser. So uh, Dustin, so what do people need to know to get in here? Where are you at? Uh, what are the hours? All that good stuff. Perfect. Yeah, well, the mill is located at 825 Chattanooga Avenue. And once you get inside, you'll find Native. We're in here with the rest, uh, with, with everyone else. So take a stroll around the place. You, you'll inevitably uh, come across us. We're open Tuesday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, through Friday. And then we open a little later on Saturday and we go 9 to 9. Appreciate you for talking with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching. Like I said, I'm Corey Shields. I'm Michael Williams. See you next time.